Thank you for tuning in today at Propel Church. Whether you're watching through YouTube or listening through a podcast, we want to say thank you. Our hope at Propel is that you would be propelled into an authentic relationship with Jesus. From wherever you are tuning in, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We've been in this message series now. This is week number three, where we've been talking about the attacks of the enemy. And what happens in our lives is that Satan offers us a bait, and he tempts us. And we want to talk about not, don't take the bait, right? So we've been in this process of talking through it. So week one, we talked about how Satan only tempts us with what we deem desirable out of James. And then last week, we talked about how God has called us to be people of honor and how honor covers where dishonor exploits. And we unpacked the story of Jesus and Noah and dishonor hinders our ability to receive what God has for us. This week, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about something that I am incredibly passionate about. And so I might get fired up a little bit uh, during today's message. So I'll give you an advance notice because here's why. I've spent my entire life um, since I met Jesus. So not my entire life, but I've spent my life since coming to know Jesus really passionate about this topic because I think it's something that I've watched the enemy progress and grow in over the years. And that is that you don't have to attend church in order to be a Christ follower. And so what happens is uh, Satan over time has created this mindset or philosophy in our lives where we think we don't really, we can have a relationship with God without having a relationship with the church. You ever heard somebody say that? They're like, well, I don't need church because it's just me and God. Well, the problem with that is you can get saved without going to church, but you don't get to experience the blessing of Christ without being connected to his community. God designed you and I to be connected to and to be a part of the local church. And if we look at Christianity and the way God designed it, it was never designed to be separated from his body and his bride, the local church. In fact, he's so passionate about it. It's the very thing he's coming back for. You and I were made to be connected to the local church. And so what I want to do today is deliver a message to you that I've called potted or planted. And I think some of us in the room today, maybe in this season in our lives where uh, we're not really planted in the church, but we're potted. And so what I want to do is I want to unpack those things for you. And the reason why I want to talk about this today is because I think for us here at Propel Church, um, I don't, what I'm not saying is that we're better than other churches. I will say we're different. And what I want to do is talk about one of those distinctions today, and that's that we help people get planted. If you're looking for a church that you could just come into and then fade into the background, you'll be able to do that for a little bit, but this is not going to be the right fit for you. If you're looking for a place where you can just come in and consume and not utilize your gifts, it'll work for a little bit. This is not the place for you. The call that God has given me for my life is to equip people for ministry and to do his work to advance the kingdom across the world. And that's what we do here at Propel Church. So it's not that we're better than anybody else, but we are just a little bit different. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing for you this morning. It's that church is not a service you come to. It's a community you belong to. And as we talk about being planted in the church and why it's so important for each one of our lives, it's important because in our world today, we've just made church another checklist item. 
what are you doing this weekend? Everything but church. You know what I'm saying, right? Like we've made church one of those things where we come on Christmas and we come on Easter and it's something that's so casual in our life, but that's not the design of it because it's not a service you attend. That's why you don't need a building to have church. 1030, you, are you following? Because it's not a service. It's a community. And so as we look at being a community and we look at what God's called us to, let me give you a few things like things you, you may be potted if you're one of those people who comes into a church. Maybe you've been to five churches now. And after everyone, you leave that church and you go, man, you know, no way walked across the room and said, hey, to me. Well, hey, after five churches, the common denominator is you. <laughs> you might be potted. Yeah. You might be potted if you come to church consistently, but you never get involved in a group and you don't serve and you, you aren't invested financially, but you say, you know what? I'm just not being fed. But potted people tend to not show up with a fork <laughs> to eat. I'm going to give you three reasons real quick why you might be potted and why most people don't get planted in a church. And number one is this, it's a season of church shopping. Now, if you've been with me for long enough, you know, I hate the term church shopping. And so, because, um, this is not a commercial industry. (laughs) What happens when we church shop is we come with this laundry list of things that we want. And we go, you know what, I want, I, when I get to church, I want great coffee. I want people who are excited to see me. And in all honesty, none of those things are wrong because we're going to serve you great coffee and people are going to be really excited that you're here. They're going to they're they're be smiling. They're going to be so happy. But your motives matter. And when you approach the local church as a consumer, you'll never embrace God's design for you as a contributor. So we have to be careful that we don't come in with this laundry list of metrics. Like I want, I want a church with the coolest pastor. Well, you got it right. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm looking for a church with the right kind of music and this and that. And, and all of these things, we end up making this list. And for some of you, you've been in a season of church shopping for so long because you're never going to find the perfect church because as soon as you showed up, it wasn't perfect anymore. That's just the reality. Here's the second reason why some people never get planted in a church is because you've been hurt by the church in your past. And and I want to say this tactfully because I really do care. Church hurt is real. For some of you, your deepest wounds have come from church people. But the church as an entity has never hurt you. People in the church have hurt you. If I went to Walmart today and I got in a fight in Walmart, first of all, I'd win. But second of all, let's say, (laughs) let's hypothetically say for a second, I lost. Did Walmart hurt me? No. The people in Walmart hurt me. The same is true with church. Sometimes we blame something organizationally that should have been dealt with individually. And when we do that, Satan actually robs us of healing because you've been hurt by the church. So you've never walked back in. You've never gotten planted. You've never been vulnerable enough to build relationships. And you've been blaming an organization when you needed to be forgiving an individual. You haven't been hurt by a church. You got hurt by somebody. And it's time to forgive. Here's the third reason. Lack of commitment. Lack of commitment. We live in a culture that values convenience over commitment. And even convenience over covenant. So I only do it when I want to, only do it when I feel like it. And that is not God's design 
for the church. God's design for the local church is not for you to be potted, bouncing from church to church to church to church to church, but God's design for the church is for you to be planted. Because in Psalm 92, 12 and 13, it says this, that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Those who are, will you say it with me? Planted. Not those who are potted. Not those who come on Christmas and Easter. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. In other words, your ability to flourish is directly connected to where you're planted. Because if you're potted, you only have a, your growth potential is contingent on the vessel that you're established in. So if you're potted, you can only grow so big because your root system doesn't have the space to develop the necessities that are needed to grow really tall. But when you get planted, and here's what the good news is, God is a good gardener. John 15, our father's a vine dresser. My father's a gardener. A gardener plants where he knows it will be most fruitful. And so when God plants you in a church, when God plants you where he wants you, when you're planted, you're able to flourish because you have the ability to develop deep roots. You have the ability to build relationships and get connected to people. You have the ability to have those who come alongside you in times of need. You have the ability to have somebody around you who's going to hold you accountable and hold you up. This is not, I don't want to just play church. I want to help people get planted. Because when people get planted, they flourish. Like you need people in your life that you're going to be planted around. And and the body of Christ is where we find those people. But the reason is, if you go off the deep end, you need somebody who's going to notice. You need somebody who's going to sit at, at that barbecue with you when you have everybody over to your house. And then you and your wife get into a fight publicly who pulls you to the side and say, hey, man, are you okay? Like I... I just saw you dishonor your wife. You're like, well, I don't like that. That, that sounds a little abrasive, but that's what you need. Right. You need somebody who's not just going to praise you all the time, but who's going to help build you up and call out the weaknesses that you have in your life. And the way we find that, where we find that is when we get planted in God's house. And so I'm, I want to talk to you about being planted today. And I've got three things for you. They all start with E because come on, it's going to be a great message if you can make them all start with E. Here's the first one. If you want to be planted, you need excitement in the house. Now you'll notice every Sunday when we come in, we probably have you clap 1500 times. And the reason why is because it breeds excitement. When you get excited, when you get fired up, man, there's something powerful that begins to happen. And you may have grown up in church or grown up around a church where nobody looked excited. I call those the church of the chosen frozen. You know what I'm saying? Like... They just look, they're stoic and brother Bill's holding the door and he don't look happy to be there. But you don't know. Did you make him mad last week? You may, maybe you did, but everybody looks mad. The only happy person is the first one in line at the potluck lunch. Come on somebody, you know, man, I miss potlucks. So except you always say, I'm just kidding. My wife just looked at me. She knows I hate potlucks because some of y'all can't cook. It's not, I mean, it just is what it is. Here's what it is. 
And listen, if you can't cook, quit trying. Just go to Bojangles, get some biscuits, and let's go. You need excitement in the house. You need to be able to laugh in church. Because, you know, if we're made and created in the image of God, humor is not an asset of the enemy. It's a part of God's character. He's funny. We love excitement. Look at what David says in Psalm 122, verse 1. It says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. In other words, when David hears that we're about to go to church, he wasn't like, again? Do you know how long it's going to last? Do you think we'll be out in time to see kickoff for the Panthers game? David's not like, he's not looking and assessing his schedule based on whether or not he has the time to fit church in. He says, no, I'm glad. When they said to me, let's go to the house, I got excited. I was passionate. I was pumped up. And when you get planted in a house where God wants you, you'll get excitement for the house. You'll get excited to be there. Sunday could be the highlight of your week if you'll get planted. Sunday could be a time where you're excited to not only get into the house, but you're excited to grow in your relationship with God. You're excited to see people that you haven't seen in a little while. Your kids, can I tell you, parents, here's what I want for you. I want your kids to be excited about church. I was in the lobby the other week and uh, this parent was bringing their kid out and they were screaming their head off. And I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Is there anything? And they said, no, they're so mad they're gonna, that we have to leave. I was like, I love that your kid's crying. I thought about doing a whole marketing thing, church that makes kids cry. You know, like, come on. Why? Because there was excitement. You want to be here. You want to be in the house. And when you get excited about something, it becomes really easy for you to talk about. And the reason why we breed excitement about church and we want you to be excited about what God is doing in the house and what God is doing in and through your life is because your excitement is the easiest way to evangelism. It's the easiest way for you to share your faith with your friends. Can I tell you, sometimes it's hard to share your faith. Sometimes it's hard to talk about Jesus. But do you know what it's not hard to talk about? It's not hard to talk about what you're excited about. In, in fact, it's incredibly easy to talk about what you're excited about. When you get excited about something, you had no problem telling people about that new boat and that new truck and you just got you a new house and your cryptocurrency is doing great this week. Like you ain't got no problem <laughs> talking to people about what you get excited about. And so if you can get excitement for the house of God, if you can get excitement for what God is doing in the church that you're in, I'm telling you, it'll increase your capacity to help your friends and family members meet Jesus. Here's the second thing. You need engagement around the house. It's great to be excited, but your excitement should lead to engagement. It should lead to connectivity, not passivity. When we talk about engagement around the house, uh, I think back to March of 2020. um, You know, there was this pandemic that happened and uh, it kind of shook everything up for us. There was, we had just kind of moved into this facility and we're running for about 12 weeks and then boom, it happened and everything changed. I, I ended up going from teaching Church online is a supplement, not a substitute to church online is all we have. And so, and it became, became one of those things that we had to adapt to really fast. And 
I remember even when we came back to in person, uh, I was consistently frustrated over some things. And I had a conversation with a mentor and what he said was, you have to redefine your wins. And and I think for, for some of you just just hit a little side trail, like really practical. In your workplace, you may have received a new job, but it didn't bring a level of excitement that you thought or anticipated. It's probably because you're still living on the coattails of what was a win for you in the last season, not in this one. Every time you enter into a new season, you have to redefine your wins because how you won then isn't how you win now. And so I sat in a staff meeting with our team and said, hey, we're shifting our win from a win being attendance, how many people show up, to a win being engagement. And when we shifted that win to engagement, it wasn't about how many people show up to the house, it's what are people doing around the house? How are people engaged? What's it look like for them to serve? What's it look like for them to be in groups? And when you focus on engagement, that's really where as followers of Jesus, you actually step into being a disciple. Because disciples have discipline and engagement requires discipline. And so I want to give you three really practical things because I think sometimes we get saved and, and people are just like, you should go to church. You're like, what do you want me to do at church? What does it look like to be planted? What does it look like to be engaged around the house? And here's the first one, attending regularly, attending regularly. It's not overly like complicated. And, And here's what I would say about attending regularly. I don't define what regularly looks like for you. That's something that you have to determine, that you have to figure out. And parents, this is especially important for you because your kids learn your values not through what you say, but what you prioritize. So they learn what you value based on what you do with the time you have. So if you choose to not make church a priority, don't expect for it to be a priority in your kid's life because what one generation I don't have time to go there. (laughs) What one generation doesn't prioritize, the next generation devalues. So, So when you don't prioritize something, don't be surprised when your kids don't see it as a priority. You can model it. Attending regularly. For some of you, that looks like like making the commitment to be here once a month because of your work schedule and all of those things. And the reason why attending regularly is important for you is because it's really easy to show up at Easter and then we get to Christmas and you show up again and you go, man, I've been to church like twice this year. What happened? Life happened. Sunday comes every seven days. Yeah, it just happens. Boom. We're all, we've already, we're in March. Three months, gone. Two months, I'm bad at math. Attend regularly. For some of you, it looks like, hey, you're attending once a month. Well, what would it look like if you started making church a priority and you started coming twice a month? Maybe it was, hey, we come twice a month, but what would it look like if we made church a priority and we tried to be here every week? Now, I'm not saying that my expectation for you is to be here 52 out of 52 weeks. I I don't expect that of you. You get to determine what it looks like to make it a priority. Here's the second one, serving sacrificially. Serving sacrificially. If you want to serve like Jesus served, it's not convenient service, it's sacrificial service. And being engaged around the house looks like serving. It looks like using your gifts. For some of you, uh, that looks like waking up with 
and serving on a team on a Sunday morning. And you may say, hey, Sunday is my only day of the week to sleep in. And I get it, but let me challenge you. Serving in the body of Christ is sacrificial to a degree. So, so it's not a badge of honor to go, you know what, man, I woke up on my day. No, you, you did what it looked like to be a part of the body of Christ. Right. Serving sacrificially is where we get engaged and involved and sacrifice has to happen in order for people to come to know Jesus. That's what the cross is all about. Yeah. And here's the third one, giving generously, giving generously. Now, I know sometimes that people, when you start talking about money in church, People like, Pastor, don't talk about money, right? But here's what I've learned. Everybody who gets mad at you when you talk about money, um, they weren't given anyways. Because right. <laughs> if you were given, you'd already know the benefit and you'd be trying to tell every person on the planet how math with God is amazing. Because right. when you trust God financially, it don't make no sense. Right. When you choose to live and give generously, it don't make no sense. How does God do it? I don't know. He just does it. Tori and I, last year, during uh, you know, the pandemic, we were coming out of that, all of these things, uh, we just felt like God was challenging us to give and give and give. And, uh, but then we ended up needing to buy our first home. And to do that, well, you like need money. <laughs> I think it's crazy. But by God's grace and provision, we ended up getting a loan for 0% down, it was 100% finance. And not only that, when we closed on the house, we got paid money. <laughs> I was like, I'm about, we bought our first home and made money. That's weird. <laughs> that's not how that's supposed to work. Why? Because we give generously. Because we're engaged in the house. And God just provides. And I could stand up here, I only have 13 minutes and two seconds left, but I could stand up here and tell you story after story after story of people who have experienced God's power and miraculous provision because they started being engaged. And so if you're not giving it all, the, the next step for you is to just take the step and start giving. If you're giving already, the next step is to begin tithing, yeah. to trust God with those first fruits, that 10%. And if you're already tithing, the step after that is to become generous. And that's really when you start to experience, I think the most fruitful season in your finances you ever have, when you don't just trust God. Tithing makes you obedient. That's 10%, 11% makes you generous. And when you trust God with the remaining that he's given you, he'll bless it in ways you never thought were possible. First Peter 4.10 says this, it says that God has given each of you a gift of his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Gifts are only good if we use them. And so as we look at the body of Christ, where God is going to plant you, you need to be engaged in the house. Because when you're engaged in the house, you're engaged with God's mission and purpose for your life. And then here's the third one. Encouragement for the house. Encouragement for the house. Can I tell you, this one is probably my favorite about our church. Now, I'll say we, we, we live excited yeah. for what, what God is going to do because I don't think excitement's a feeling. I think excitement's a choice. Yeah. Encouragement for the house is important because for some of you, you grew up in church where you didn't know if you were showing up to a brawl or a business meeting. <laughs> where like... The deacons wanted to fight every week over carpet color, you know, and all of these other things. And here's what I'll say about this house. Um, 
we don't fight each other. We encourage each other. We've got an enemy and it's not you. It's Satan. And we fight the good fight of faith to combat darkness and push back the territory that the enemy has claimed. When we live like that and we live as a house that's filled with encouragement, it really matters because this house is a house that's full of cheerleaders, not complainers. So if you're looking for a church that you can just complain about everything you don't like, I would say I I have some recommendations for other churches for you, but I wouldn't do that to another pastor, right? (laughs) At the end of the day, God's called us to build each other up, to encourage one another. And the reason why that's so important is because there's going to come a time and a season in your life when you really need encouragement where you need people to come alongside you and coach you and build you up and strengthen you. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Look at, look at this last part. Just as in fact you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul's not telling them to do something new. He says, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep encouraging one another. Keep building each other up. Keep giving each other grace because there's going to be times where you fail or another person fails. All of those things can happen. And can I be honest, when you're in church, people are going to let you down. Even as the pastor of this church, I'm going to fail you, but we can encourage each other. We can build each other up. And as we build each other up, the body gets better. And so I challenge you with the words of Paul to encourage one another and build each other up just as you're doing, because what's celebrated is duplicated. Just keep doing it. Keep celebrating one another. Keep encouraging one another. Keep doing what God has called us to do as a church. And if you're called to be planted in the body of Christ, you may not be called to be planted here. Can I tell you, if this is not the right church for you, we'd love to help you find one. I've got a whole list of churches that we recommend. In fact, in every one of our first-time guest gifts out there, um, there's the card on, on one side of it. It says three-week challenge. So if you're a first-time guest, I'm just going to give you I'm gonna give you some information right now. It's going to be helpful. Three weeks, we say, because you can never experience something in its entirety by going one time. Right. You ever go into a restaurant? One time, and it was like, this was not a good experience. And then you went back, and you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Right? Sometimes that happens. So we said, hey, give us three weeks. See if you like it. But on the back of that, it says, not the right fit. And we've got about 10 churches that we recommend. And we say, hey, look, if you're not going to be plugged into our church, I want you planted somewhere. Because those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. It doesn't say those who are just planted at Propel. There's plenty of other churches you can get planted in. Regardless of where God plants you, you need to be excited for the house that you're in. You need to be engaged, and you need to encourage the people who are in that house. But maybe you're wondering, well, how do I figure out what church God wants to plant me in? And I'm glad you asked. Look at this. Planted people go where God has placed them. Planted people go where God has placed them. I remember um, when we were getting ready to start Propel. This was back in 2013, 2014. God, for 2013, God gave me a vision to plant a church. I was excited. I didn't know where. I was just like, I'm going to go plant a church. I'm going to go plant a church. And so I was on this journey. And in fact, I think when we first had dinner or lunch, I told you. I said, 
Look, this is how confident I was. I said, God's called me to plant a church. And if that's not what you're going to do, you were doing missions. You're going to go to the nations. I said, Lord, why? The beautiful women are missionaries. I need you to bring this one back. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I remember sitting at that table at lunch with you and going, God's called me to plant a church. I didn't know where. So that's, I know that's what, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I got invited to teach at a youth conference that was at Mount Pleasant High School. And I was like, that's a cool opportunity because I got kicked out of there for drug possession. I was like, I'd, I'd love to go back. So I accepted the invitation and I go and I, I walk on stage and I'm getting ready to teach. But I just feel like God says, I, I want you to come back here. And I was like, nah, <laughs> not Mount Pleasant. If you grew up in Mount Pleasant, you know your goal is to get out. Somehow you're still here, you know, like, so I was like, no, God, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to plant me. I'm a, I could do West coast, right? Okay. God, if you're not going to call me to California, I'll go to Utah with Mormons. Just don't put me in Mount Pleasant. But I kept, I kept coming back and I kept coming back. I kept, and God was like, no, Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant. And it didn't make sense at the time. Cause I was like, God, the dream you've given me, the vision you give me, I feel like it's, it's bigger than this area. Planted people go where God places them because God's provision is contingent on you being in alignment with his placement because God provides where he places. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. So the question isn't, does this church meet all the needs that I want? Does this church meet, do they have the best coffee? Do they have the best this and that? And do they have, what, what can I get out of it? That's not the question. The question is, where is God placing you? Because sometimes where he places you is not in a position where you initially think it's the right fit. But the reason why God places you where he places you is because he knows what his body needs. Some of you have been placed in a workplace environment and you go, this is not the right fit. There's so many issues. But what if the problems you see are the things that God has placed you to fix? What if his placement will actually connect with your passion if you'll stop looking for what fits every need and desire you have and you'll start getting into alignment with where God wants you? Where is God placing you? If he's placing you here at Propel Church, I just gave you what it looked like. Excitement, engagement, encouragement. But if he's not calling you here for you to flourish, you have to be planted. And it doesn't matter if it's here. You need to be planted somewhere. Because for every follower of Jesus, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. So are you potted or are you planted? That's the question that you get to answer today. Am I connected? Do I have the ability to sink deep roots? 
Not just show up to church and then as soon as they sing that last song, dip out during the announcement so nobody sees me. Like, are you planted? Are you growing? Are you developing relationships? Are you developing a root system? Because here's what I'll also say. Sometimes the reason why people leave church as quickly is because they didn't have a root system strong enough to weather through a storm. So the first storm that came through, you got uprooted. When you deal with people, problems gonna happen. Stuff's gonna go down. There's gonna be decisions that I make that you don't like. Guess what? If we're planted together, all that stuff works out. Where's God calling you to be? Now for some of you, we've talked about church a lot and church is great. We wanna talk about that, but the first step for you is not to just get planted to a church. It's to become a part of the church. And that's not through a course. The way we become part of the body of Christ is by first accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's how, what scripture teaches us, that's when we get adopted as sons and daughters and brought into the family of God. And for some of you, you've been going your own way. You've been trying to figure all this stuff out on your own. But today's the day where you make the decision to surrender your life to Jesus where you lay it all down and say, Lord, today, I'm gonna surrender my life to you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed around the room for just a moment, maybe you're here and you say, hey, pastor, that's me. I've been playing games with God. I've been really walking out my own religion, but I wanna surrender control of my life to Jesus and accept his payment for my sins. If that's you, would you lift your hand for a moment and say, that's me. I want to make that decision. Come on, I see that. Here's what we're going to do, church. Nobody prays alone. We all pray together. Will you repeat this after me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for checking out this week's message. If you made any decisions for Jesus or you need a next step or have a prayer request, let us know by going to www.propel.church/hub. That leads you to our digital connect card where you can fill out all of that information as well as see what we have coming up here at Propel. Thank you again for tuning in and we hope to see you again soon.